Foot is a show about Bigfoot. It's recorded for the skeptics, the believers, the knowers, the hopers, and those who just have a casual interest in the subject. For more information, visit our Facebook page. This is Sasswood, a show about Bigfoot. I'm one of your hosts, Mark Matsky. I'm joined, as usual, by my son, Andy. Hello there. How are you? I'm doing great. Today is Father's Day 2017. And as part of the festivities, we are happy to have with us today, Gerald Matsky. Welcome to Sasswood. Thank you. Great to be here. So tonight we thought we would do something a little bit different, and this really is Andy's vision. So I'm going to turn it over to him, and he can kind of tell you what tonight's episode's all about, and take it from there. Andy. So tonight's episode, when we were thinking, what should our next Sasswood be? I was inspired by Sasswood of the past. When I was on this show, for the very first time, our second time. One of my first times, and we were, and Sasswood did the episode, Kids Talk Bigfoot. And I'm like, you know what? What if the tables were turned and it was seniors talk Bigfoot or elder people, whatever you feel like calling them, <laughs> that's not offensive to you, blank, talk Bigfoot. Old dudes. <laughs> Old dudes, whatever you want to call them. And so, I was like, Grampy, you want to be on Sasswat? And he was like, yes. And so, here he is on Sasswat for the very first time, and hopefully not the last. He's already been introduced, but I'm introducing, introducing him again, my grandfather, Gerald Matsky. You're getting seven introductions on this episode, Grampy. <laughs> well, I'm happy to be here. It's always been my dream to be part of Sasswat. For the 23 episodes that we've been doing, and the 100 episodes since before, Grampy has literally asked us every single episode, when can I be on Sasswat? <laughs> That's a bit of an exaggeration. Every day. Every day. Calls me up. It's like, can I be on Sasswat? Well, yeah. Eventually, we said yes. So, I think this, this episode will be very, very similar to when I was on. Except I will be asking the questions, and Grampy will be answering them, and my dad will occasionally chime in. And so... Ding! Yes? No. Um, <laughs> chime. We're on a chain right here. Um, <laughs> Sasswood slang. Um, so, Grampy, what would you say was your introduction to the subject? What, what was one of the first times you remember hearing about it? Well, as I think back, I would have to say it when your dad Aww. started to develop his interest, and those stories have been told before uh, about going to the Richland Township Library and getting books out. Uh, we went pretty regularly, and, and the library has always been our, our best friend. And as he started picking up this interest on strange creatures 
and Bigfoot, it started to become part of our our awareness, our vocabulary, and I think when the legend of Boggy Creek showed up on on a videotape uh, off the show, taping the show off of TV, and getting to see that. Since then, certain uh, catchphrases from the movie have been part of our family history. Yeah, it's it's amazing how everyone in our family can quote the legend of Boggy Creek. I mean, Grammy, who's who's not in Sashwat Tower right now, but she she was around and she can quote from the legend of Boggy Creek. It's it's great to hear her do it, and it makes having this love for the legend of Boggy Creek and having been to Falk, it's so great to hear Grammy talk about those things. Yeah. Uh, just ask her about the creature. Yeah, and she'll go into it. She will. I, we're not joking. We should go like do a, a hidden microphone thing on Grammy right now and see if we can get her to do it. Um, from those early days and even hearing us today, do you have maybe like a favorite story or a, a quote-unquote case that you enjoy, just particularly enjoy? Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy? Well, I, I think the, the Patterson-Gimlin uh, film has always been fascinating probably to anybody who has even a casual interest in Bigfoot. Um, but then when you were able to meet uh, Mr. Gimlin and uh, talk to him and get your picture taken with him and um, I think that has become kind of a favorite and uh, I think the more I, I read about it the more fascinated I would I became and I think that's probably my favorite Bigfoot story yeah, it's it's great to hear Bob Gimlin talk about it. That recording's been on Sasquatch, right, Dad? Yes, it has. So go back, find that. It's amazing to hear Bob Gimlin talk about what happened. It really makes you think, I've said this on the show before, it makes you think whatever Bob Gimlin saw, Bob Gimlin thought was real. If there was some sort of hoax that Roger Patterson was a part of, Bob Gimlin didn't know. So... It's it's very unusual. And like after what is it? It's the it's the sixtieth anniversary this year, isn't it? Or the fiftieth? This year is some anniversary. Fifty. Fifty. And it's amazing after fifty years this film hasn't been disproved yet. And it's like you watch any almost any Bigfoot documentary and you see that in some shape or form. Whether it's just during the opening as the music plays or you have this big, you know, discussion is, and it's pretty much like the main reason the film is, what is it? Well, I think it's special effects. Well, I think it's a Neanderthal. And there's been all these studies done, and it still has stood ground to all that. So, it's amazing. Do you have anything you'd like to chime in and say? Ding! Yes, Dad. I think if you want to hear some excerpts from Bob Gimlin, there are old episodes of Monsterland Ohio Radio that go into it a little bit further. So uh, their Ohio Bigfoot Conference 
recaps. And there's other good stuff on there too, including our buddy David Floyd and um, some uh, Tom Yammerone songs. And those are pretty good. Those are still our by far um, most listened to Monsterland Ohio yeah, Radio episodes. Monsterland Ohio Radio behind the scenes is that every episode of Monsterland Ohio Radio where we talk about Bigfoot, except like our first quote unquote Bigfoot episode has been the most listened to Monsterland Ohio radio episode. So I guess we have more of a following in the Bigfoot community, even before we were on Sasswood, that I was jo- I joked at that time that we were the Godzilla podcast, or the Bigfoot podcast was supposed to be about Godzilla, <laughs> which is very true, because for a long yeah. time we were like a Bigfoot podcast. So if you want to go back to that era, that's a that's probably... One of the best eras of Monsterland Ohio Radio you can go back and listen to. So, Grampy, something that sort of seems to be the majority of what you read in the Bigfoot topic, you seem to be familiar with the Southern Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Um, <laughs> what are your impressions on that? From, you know, Boggy Creek Monster or Lyle Blackburn's book and books? Boggy Creek book and books. So what what has been your impression of the Southern Bigfoot phenomenon? Well, I've read uh, Lyle Blackburn's uh, Beast of Boggy Creek, which concentrates pretty much in the, the Falk area and all of that that people got introduced to by the movie, um, The Legend of Boggy Creek. But then his latest book, uh, beyond Boggy Creek, really covers the southeastern part of the United States, and it's uh, it's taking it region by region in the in the southeast. Um, he just presents one story after another, one account after another of people who have seen something, who. And I think in all of this, the thing that impresses me the most is the similarity in the stories. People who are in different states, different parts of a state, uh, tell about the large, hairy creature, anywhere from you know five, six feet tall to seven or eight feet tall, covered with hair, giving off a terrible odor, uh, being kind of elusive, uh, not really threatening necessarily, except for the visual threat that it, it, it presents, um, but enough to scare the wits out of people. Uh, there's so many similarities in the, the reports that y- you just have to conclude that there's something that uh, these people are seeing that, that if it's not real, there's, there certainly are a lot of similarities to it, that it's got to be something real. You just touched on... A great point that 
a lot of people bring up constantly, and Grampy, you really should be speaking, because you, you speak better than some of the people I've heard at Bigfoot conferences <laughs> speak. But, um, well, I am a professional. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the way what you're saying is true, and it's a point that people need to realize in the Bigfoot community and out is with all the similarities and sightings, before there was social media, and before news traveled faster than it's happening almost, people were seeing things that were virtually identical. If it's not a big, hairy, bipedal ape running around North America, what is it? Because, you know, yeah, they're probably with wild man stories, quote-unquote, that are reported from 1800s and stuff. You know, a fair amount of those might be real wild people. People have gone off the grid before the grid was really a thing. So, yeah, a fair amount might be that. And when you read some, you definitely think that's probably what it is. But there are then the reports of the completely hair-covered creatures that are reported with a pig under one arm and run faster than people can keep track of. And then you're like, that's pig under the arm is said and felt. Running faster is one of the most common Bigfoot traits. Covered in hair is, you know, always reported. So <laughs> if not, then it's not a Bigfoot sighting, I guess. Now, something... It'd just be a big dude. It's a big dude sighting. <laughs> <laughs> that's what his podcast about, big dude. Um, so you, you were touching on... The southern Sasquatch and the Sasquatch. I did it again. Sasquatch. Did I not do it again? Back to my point. Sasquatch. Sasquatch. <laughs> Sasquatch. There it is. Sasquatch. Um, Sasquatch. <laughs> you touched on the way it looked. Now, do you think with the variation, what do you think that is? Do you think that's one species or are there more than one species? I guess type because species really isn't ever the right word. Yeah, I, you get varying stories, some black-haired, mm -hmm. some brown, some reddish, uh, and then you have the white, white-haired. But if, if you look at, at uh, true humans, you Fake. have people with black hair, brown hair, red hair, white hair. White, <laughs> white hair. Sorry, Grampy. <laughs> yeah, not quite. It, yeah, pepper, salt, salt and pepper. pepper. <laughs> um, but so I would think those because if you want to look at it in terms of, of biology, uh, there within humans there are these differences, and I would guess that if Sasquatch, if that's the correct pronunciation. I, I'm off tonight, so. <laughs> is partly human in the sense of, of walking like a human being, having many other human-looking characters characteristics. Um, it wouldn't be surprising that they would have different coloration. Yeah, the hair, the hair color, if people think hair color is what determines a difference in Bigfoot, look around you at people. Because, I mean, 
Yeah, it's weird when people, I mean, clearly for me, there is a difference in personality to like the quote-unquote Ohio grass man and then the beast of Bali Creek, but I don't think it's that different. I think they're just maybe possibly different races, if that's possible. I say that like it's a big question, but um, who knows? You, you said personality, and um, if, if you read or hear people talk about raising animals, any animal, just about, uh, they'll talk about how they have different person, the same species, mm -hmm. the same type of, of animal will have different personalities. And some are more aggressive, some are more, uh, more passive. And so it wouldn't be unusual to then if you run across different, or people have reported different personalities or different types of creatures that they would be wouldn't be unusual I wouldn't think that they would be different Grampy is killing it tonight <laughs> I love it he has not made a bad point he's on fire <laughs> yeah it's it's great um, do you have any questions dad chime in thing well I noticed in your stack of books which is awesome he, he has beyond have... boggy creek we don't yet I know you have a book we don't have um, <laughs> wow you have Lauren Coleman's Bigfoot, The True Story of Apes in America. Would you read the whole thing right now? No, I'm just yeah. Um, talk a little bit about your impressions of the book. It's a great introduction to the whole topic of, of uh, cryptozoology. Uh, and in particular the Bigfoot, Sasquatch, whatever, Yeti. Oma, dude yeah. man. Um, <laughs> it takes you around the, around the country and gives you some idea of, of what has been, what people have reported. Um, it I think one of the things that really seems interests me personally is the fact that Native Americans had have reports, have names for some kind of unusual hairy creature um, that predates anything that would would have come from the imagination of people from Europe who settled in this in the United States and maybe brought some of those things along with them uh, so they these reports have been around for for centuries and I, I found that to be pretty pretty interesting the book uh, at some point, you know, you start saying, I start thinking, uh, so many reports in so many different places, so similar, um, how can people completely dismiss that? 
and say that it, <laughs> you know, it couldn't be. It's just a figment of somebody's imagination. Tell him, Grampy. Uh, and then he gets into, uh, you know, the, how Bigfoot has gotten into the, the culture of the United States and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and through entertainment, uh, TV programs, movies, and things like that. Um, really tells kind of the whole story. It's a very good summary, uh, good introduction into the whole topic of, of Bigfoot. Was I the only one who was hearing the theme from Werewolf while Grampy was talking about <laughs> the Native Americans? Stop. There's a mystery science theater called Werewolf. You should look it up. It's yeah. highly recommend any mystery science theater episode, yeah. but it has a theme that's very like, hi, yeah, hi. That's very creepy. Freaked me out when I was little. Yeah, you did not like that too much. It took me years to see that movie. In short, <laughs> it took me being huddled up in between boxes watching that movie, scared to death, and then realizing it was just a cheesy movie. Um, just real quick, one of the things that I really like about that book is it revisits some of the classic cases, not to debunk them or poke holes in them, but to give you more information than you may have had looking at the cases originally, as I did in books like Marion T. Place's very first efforts, like Jerry Crew, for example. You just get a lot more about Jerry Crew and Ray Wallace, and is Ray Wallace credible when he comes out much later and says, I made all the tracks with wooden feet and things like that. So I love it because it fills in the blanks or tells you the rest of the story in some of these very iconic cases You know that you see in almost every Bigfoot book that yeah. you pick up. You, you bring up a good point, too. Uh, the the names of people now in in my exposure to to Bigfoot information uh, I really didn't have all that much knowledge of it except I had heard names but I didn't they didn't mean a whole lot to me in this introduction in this book he does talk about who these people are uh, and what their background is and how they worked together, how they didn't work together sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, and the, the conflicts that they had, which, you know, when you're, uh, when you're dealing with a subject that has been very difficult to prove scientifically, uh, you're going to have people with differences of opinion. And I can see where they would have their, their clashes very often and and you know, sort of not talk to each other for a while. Mm-hmm. So it was good to hear who some of those people were, the Hinden and the Hinden's green. Some of the other John ones, Green, that you, Green, yeah, Peter Byrne, yeah, right. The Hinden's one of my favorite original Bigfoot people because there's a documentary we've talked about it on this show, Sasquatch Odyssey, and it has all the originals you hear about. Mm-hmm. And Renee Hinden's just great. I definitely have a little of Renee Hinden in my Bigfoot personality. <laughs> uh, because yeah. sometimes I just don't care about things. So, um, Grampy, final question, since this will be a little shorter, or do we want to continue? Well, let's see. We'll see if it creates anything else. Yeah. Do you think, Grampy, what do you think? would be the one thing to prove Bigfoot's existence, and why? 
are one of. Well, I think the obvious answer would be if if a Bigfoot creature would be captured alive would be able to be kept in captivity for a period of time, studied, viewed by the dissenters, the the non-believers. I want to call a group of aliens the dissenters. <laughs> Can I do that now? <laughs> um, if that were possible, I'm sure that would that would be the ultimate proof that there is such a thing. Um, now, all of the sightings that people have had, you don't have to convince them because they have seen it, mm-hmm. but haven't been able to produce anything that you could actually show to someone else. There are very few photographs you have the the Patterson Gimlin film um, that's been studied and run through the ringer more than you can imagine, uh, but no other decent photographs, um, and certainly not something that here it is. You know, pay your five bucks, come in and see it, or you know. Um, although they did have that thing on ice that time oh. in a carnival. Minnesota Iceman. Yeah. Um, I guess that would be that would be what would be necessary to uh, prove. Um, aside from that, you'd have to have probably, I mean, without that, you'd have to have some very credible witnesses, uh, certainly more than one or two um, law enforcement that would be able to corroborate the the story or the reports from the you know the folks who saw it out in the woods someplace um, to be actual witnesses as well. Anything else you want to add? Sure. Well, the thing that you brought up made me think of the the scenario of a captured Bigfoot. Just made me think of a scenario that was suggested to us as sort of a thought experiment one time. And I don't think we ever really pushed this very far, if at all. And it was simply to run through you know, the possible steps of what would actually happen if what you described, a Bigfoot capture, took place. And it's an interesting thought experiment. And I don't, it's one of those things where I think you can think of a number of things, but there's probably unintended consequences or other things that you may not be able to anticipate. But, you know, as far as scientific involvement, um, media's involvement, what it would mean for policy in state and national levels, things of that that nature. It's really kind of a fascinating idea, and uh, it'd be a lot of fun to try to do, but it'd also be a lot of work, I think, to try and come to all of the possible or probable conclusions. Andy? I have an idea, but I'll share it with you off the air. 
Okay. So, if people want to get in contact with us, Dad, where can they do that at? Well, they can do that at a number of places, including our Facebook page. You can write us via email, and that is sasswhatmail at gmail.com. And I try to be fairly prompt with any and all responses to that email site. You can also look for fun stuff on Twitter at sasswhatshow. Willoughby Hills Public Library is coming up the... July 5th and 6th. July 5th and 6th. Just like I was hand signaling to my dad. <laughs> is that what you were doing? Five, six. Oh, six. okay. Um, yeah, we're... At the Willoughby Hills Public Library. And it's at 6 o'clock, both nights. Um, come. The first night is going to be us talking, Yeah, right? it's a fascinating lecture. I'm guessing about Bigfoot, probably. I was guessing more on the history of Pez dispensers, but I think that's a better idea. Oh, cool. And uh, then the second night will be a screening of Boggy Creek Monster with the director, Seth Breedlove. I'm sure there will be time for a Q&A and other good stuff happening as well. So that's, once this posts, it'll be just slightly over two weeks before that takes place. So please get that on your calendar. We'd love to see you. We've got um, a number of people who have verbally committed to being there and a number of others who are at least expressing interest. And that's really cool. It'd be very... The, the fascinating possibility is that there could be a number of people from different streams of our lives all converging It'd be crazy. at once. Yes. And it could be a lot of fun. This is when you do want to cross the streams. Yeah. <laughs> you can register with the library as well. Have you done so? We were the first day. Wow. See, that's what I'm talking about. We didn't even know you could do that. No, <laughs> <laughs> so, Grampy, it's somewhat customary for some member of the Sasuot crew to sort of take us out on a, kind of a final note. And uh, I think we're going to let you do that tonight, so... Do I have to sing the Sasquatch song? <laughs> if you want, if you want, add a new verse. Right, right. All, we should have all our guests do this. We, we <laughs> encourage creativity around here. Well, it's been great to be able to sit down with you and talk. Um, I hope I've been able to add something to the... To the discussion. It's one that's going to go on for a long, long time, I think. Um, it's been fun.